Helen Keller didn't know what a word was. When she was 19 months old, a brief illness left her permanently deaf and blind, preventing her from learning to speak. Eventually, she developed a few signs for basic communication, but they were just gestures. She was imprisoned within a world of palpable objects. The realm of words and ideas was beyond her grasp. In 1887, when Helen was six years old, her parents hired a young teacher named Anne Sullivan to tutor her at home. Anne, who became Helen's lifelong friend and companion, attempted to teach Helen words by tracing them on her young students' palms. Helen learned several tracings this way, but she wasn't able to comprehend that they were words. I did not know that I was spelling a word or even that words existed. I was simply making my fingers go in monkey-like imitation, she later explained. One day, Helen and Anne had a tussle over the words mug and water. Helen couldn't connect the tracings with their respective objects. At a later lesson, she became upset and smashed her doll. Anne tried a different approach. She took Helen to the well house and directed her to hold her mug under the spout while Anne pumped water. As the water poured over Helen's mug and hand, Anne traced the letters W-A-T-E-R on Helen's other hand. That's when it happened. According to Anne, the coming so close upon the sensation of the cold water rushing over her hand seemed to startle her. She dropped the mug and stood as one transfixed. A new light came into her face. As Helen later explained, I stood still, my whole attention fixed upon the motions of her fingers. Suddenly I felt a misty consciousness as of something forgotten, a thrill of returning thought, and somehow the mystery of language was revealed to me. I knew then that W-A-T-E-R meant the wonderful, cool something that was flowing over my hand. That living joy awakened my soul, gave it light, hope, joy, set it free. In that amazing instant, Helen realized that the scribbles on her hand represented objects in the world, and that she could use these symbols to think and to communicate with others. I left the wellhouse eager to learn. Everything had a name, and each name gave birth to a new thought. As we returned to the house, every object which I touched seemed to quiver with life. That was because I saw everything with the strange new sight that had come to me. Thus, a blind girl came to see. Helen ultimately learned to read Braille and to write. She learned to speak, even though she couldn't hear, and to read lips with her hands. She graduated from college and went on to write many books of social and spiritual commentary. Mark Twain, Alexander Graham Bell, Charlie Chaplin, and other luminaries of the day befriended her. President Lyndon Johnson awarded her the Presidential Medal of Freedom. She continues to inspire generations to hope and to achieve. All of this was empowered by a moment of insight. Things just clicked. Everything just snapped into place. It was a spark of inspiration, a bolt of lightning, a flash of insight, like a light bulb turning on. I had an epiphany. Suddenly I saw things in a new light. These expressions all refer to what is commonly called a eureka or an aha moment and what psychologists call insight and consider to be a form of creativity. It's the sudden experience of comprehending something that you didn't understand before, thinking about a familiar thing in a novel way or combining familiar things to form something new. Insights are quantum leaps of thought, creative breakthroughs that power our lives and our history. Insight conveyed a theory of gravity to Sir Isaac Newton, the melody of a Beatles ballad to Sir Paul McCartney, 
and an understanding of the cause of human suffering to the Buddha. Nearly everyone has had aha moments of sudden clarity that can and do change our lives. Much has been written purporting to explain how insight works and how you can make it work better. Almost all of it is based on opinions and informal observations rather than on scientifically established facts. However entertaining or inspiring those popular writings may be, science has now gone much further than anecdotal musings can take us. It's not that opinions and observations are bad. They can be a helpful starting point for inquiry. But there is a more complete approach, a scientific approach. Science finishes the job by putting opinions and observations to the test wherever possible.